Hello everybody, welcome back. This is week three of our Proverbs Bible study. Before we get into it, I just wanted to apologize for having to reschedule this episode. There were some technical difficulties when I tried to upload and record it. I actually had to re-record it, which is why I'm mentioning the technical difficulties But also just wanted to give a disclaimer that for the next few months, I'm actually back in school. So there may be days where our episodes are rescheduled and I will make sure to let you guys know ahead of time. So you know, like as always, you can always find all of my updates on Sprouting Joy Pod on Instagram. That's where I'm going to give the most updates um, on everything that's happening, whether it's an episode reschedule, special guests, etc etc so just wanted to put that out there really quick i apologize for having to redo this episode and re-upload and all that fun stuff but let's just let's just dive right into it today so we're in week three of our proverbs bible study remember this is a two-part bible study so we're going to complete four weeks and then we're going to go on to part two of proverbs so there's going to be two months worth of proverbs content we are in week three that means we're going to have about five more weeks of proverbs if there's a specific book that you want me to talk about if there's something you want me to speak on you can always reach out to me at our sprouting joy pod instagram with any questions concerns books you want to cover topics you want me to talk about on our regular episodes on wednesdays just be sure to reach out to me or you can even email me you can find my contact information in the bible study guide or you can go to the link tree in my bio on instagram those are just some ways that you can reach out to me in case you want to talk to me let's just start so we left off We're starting in 9. We're reading chapters 9 through 12 today. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. From the highest point... Oh, she has sent out her servants and she calls. From the highest point of the city, let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense... She says, come eat my food and drink the wine that I mix. So basically, this is inviting non-believers as well. Obviously, that's what she means by, or not she, but that's what it means by simple. Wisdom is being referred to in a feminine manner. So when wisdom is inviting people, it's, it's, it's welcoming all, not just those who are already believers. Because obviously, the entire premise of God's, of God's plan is for all of us to have an opportunity to hear the gospel. Verse 6. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The reason that it says do not. Uh, instruct the wise and they'll be wiser and and it says whoever corrects a mocker invites insults and whatnot is because when you're a non-believer some not all are very close-minded and their hearts have been hardened due to walking in the path away from god so if we try to come at them with with wisdom and, and teaching the way that we would approach a believer, they're not going to be as receptive 
to the truth or, or to what we're trying to tell them as much as somebody who already is walking in the way of the Lord. So we have to approach non-believers differently than we would approach a believer when it comes to convictions and, and sharing uh, wisdom. Verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So before you can even gain wisdom, you have to fear the Lord. In order to fear the Lord, you have to respect and acknowledge who he is. And that begins with giving your life to him and acknowledging that we're sinful and that we um, are imperfect without him and incomplete. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Folly is an unruly woman. She, she is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. This represents the straight path that we're called to walk on. When it says follies and unruly woman, it's talking about distractions that are trying to steer us away from our path. The path that Jesus has called us to, the narrow path. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. This is referring to sinning or referring to doing things hidden. There's always this lingering temptation and, and enhanced desire when you do things that you're not supposed to. And you know you're not supposed to because it's risky. That's why adultery is such a big sin because it's done in secret and in, in, in hiding. Um, and that's why it would be it would represent food being eaten in secret. This is the flesh desires this this um, hiddenness, but we can't hide anything from God. We can hide it from people. We can even hide it from ourselves, but we cannot hide it from God. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of dead, dead spiritually, dead in knowledge, dead in wisdom, dead in an eternal aspect, maybe not physically, but spiritually. We're going to touch on the first point of our Bible study guide. So if you want to pull out your study guides, if you have it, or if you're just listening, I'm reading it off of our week three page. The wise versus the fool. The invitation wisdom offers is for those who lack sense to improve by obeying God and seeking truth. Those who accept wisdom's invitation put themselves on a path to life and success. Those who sincerely seek truth respond to correction with humility and love. They apply the lessons of wisdom to make themselves wiser. In contrast, those who are arrogant will sneer at godliness and react with hatred and insults to those who correct them. Proverbs of Solomon, chapter 10. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Ill-gotten treasures have no lasting value. They're not from God. But righteousness delivers from death, the death of our soul. The real treasure is heaven, is salvation, is making it, having a relationship with God. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry. He takes care of his people. But he thwarts the craving of the wicked. 
lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. So we can't really expect things to be handed to us. The Bible even says we have to work. We have to work. Now, when it says wealth, it's not talking about monetary value. It's talking about richness and fulfillment, richness and doing things unto the Lord. You can have a low-income house and still be wealthy. Wealthy in the spirit, wealthy in joy, wealthy in peace. It's it's not saying that you're going to be rich, that you're going to be a millionaire. Not everyone's going to be a millionaire. Not everybody who follows God uh, gets a reward on this earth. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't still work. That's a tribute of the spirit that will grow in us and, and be strengthened when we follow God. He who gathers crops in the summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. So this is referring to when we're when we're seeking God. If we're going out there and we're we're sowing seeds and we're planting and we're putting our work and our energy into these into these seeds, whether it be seeds in ministry, it be discipleship, it be planting things for Jesus and and doing things unto Him, we're we're going out there and we're going the extra mile per se. But when the harvest comes around, if we're asleep spiritually, we're not paying attention, we're not awake, we're not on our toes and waiting for the Lord, we might miss the blessings that he's trying to give us. Because the harvest only comes once every season. Like every every fruit, every seed has a season in which it can be harvested. Once that season passes, it's gone. So we have to be diligent and we have to be awake, not lazy and, and working and awake and, excuse me, working and not sleeping per se. To be able to see the things that God's trying to do in our lives. Because yes, we'll put the work in, we'll sow the seeds, we'll plant, we'll water it and everything. And then when it comes time to harvest, we're off doing something else. So then when we come back, the harvest is already passed and we're like, well, why why is everything I'm putting in work into not seeing fruit? Why is it not seeing a harvest? Maybe it's not that it's not seeing a harvest. Maybe it's that you're not there ready to receive it and you're not attentive to it and maybe it's just because it hasn't come yet but that's what the bible's trying to warn us about it doesn't want us to miss the blessings and the goodness that god has for our lives it wants us to be able to reap everything that god is giving us but the only way we can do that is if we are awake and we are working not lazy and not asleep verse six blessings crown the head of the righteous but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. The name of the righteous is used in blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise in heart accepts commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Our security is found in our identity through Christ, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Whoever winks maliciously causes grief, and a chattering fool comes to ruin. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Just like that's why we're supposed to love the way Jesus loved us. Wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning, but a rod is for the back of the one who has no sense. 
The wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city, but poverty is the ruin of the poor. The wages of the righteous is life, eternal salvation, but the earnings of the wicked are sin and death. Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. That's why you have to be really, really careful when we are discipling other people, we're bringing others to God. If we're not right with God, we can't be trying to lead others because it, it goes back to that verse where it says if take out the take out the wooden log in your own eye before you reach to take out the speck in your brother's eye because you might skew you might push them farther away than what you intended by bringing them in because you're not in a place to give correction because you haven't acknowledged areas in your life that need to be corrected first Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Prayers should be straight to the point, not rambling like the pagans. And there's a verse like that. God doesn't want us to just sit there and, and pray for hours and hours and hours and never just get to the heart of it all. We're only praying for hours because we think that the more work we put into our prayer, the more we're going to reap. But in reality, God wants the heart. He wants to see our heart and our intentionality in it. He wants the honesty. Honesty can come from an hour of prayer more than it can come from four hours of prayer. It depends on where your heart's at. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't pray. If you want to pray for four hours, go ahead. If you have the ability and the time to strengthen your communication with God. But just because you pray more than somebody else doesn't mean that you're closer to God. And doesn't mean that you're more righteous, per se. Verse 20. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, spreading the gospel. But fools die for lack of sense, not knowing the gospel or not accepting it. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. We don't have to work for the things that God wants to give us because we've already given our lives to him. That is the basic prerequisite to living a blessed life, whether it's a more blessings in a physical aspect in a mental aspect in an emotional aspect or all of the above a fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes but a person of understanding delights in wisdom what the wicked dread will overtake them what the righteous desire will be granted when the storm has swept by the wicked are gone but the righteous stand firm forever as vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so are sluggards to those who send them. The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but for the but the years of the wicked are cut short. The prospect of the righteous is joy, but the hope of the wicked comes to nothing. The way of the Lord is a refuge for the blameless, but it is the ruin of those who do evil. The, the righteous will never be uprooted, but the wicked will not remain will not remain in the land. From the mouth of the righteous comes the fruit of wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be silenced. 
The lips of the righteous know what finds favor, but the mouth of the wicked only know what is per- perverse. Going back to our Bible study guide under the topic of consequences of righteousness. I just wanted to touch on this real quick. The consequences of righteousness. Those who participate in godly wisdom have a better likelihood of a success. They are less likely to invite revenge, punishment, or judgment because of their actions. And just in, in the in the verses that we read previously, Proverbs 10, 8 through 19 can back this up. We're moving on to chapter 11. The Lord detests dishonest scales, form of cheating, but accurate weights find favor with him. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. And that's why we're called to be humble in everything that we do so that we can find wisdom. Because if we're not humble, we'll never find wisdom. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are are destroyed by their duplicity. Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Worldly possessions are going to do absolutely nothing for us on Judgment Day. It doesn't matter how much money you have, how many cars you have, how many houses you have, what your net worth is. None of it is going to stand before God on the Day of Righteousness, on, on the Day of Judgment. He is the only way that we can be saved, and it's completely free. We don't have to pay for it. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. It's there for our choosing. The righteousness of the blameless makes their path straight, but the wicked are brought down by their own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by their desires. They live in and they love their sin, and they live for the world. They choose to live for the world, and they're trapped in it. It's only when they hear the gospel and the truth that they can be set free, but if they never hear about it they never know about it then they'll never realize that there's something more than what they're in or what they think is best hopes placed in mortals die with them all of the promise of their power comes to absolutely nothing i added absolutely in there because this world is temporary it's gonna pass There's going to be a day where Jesus comes back and this world passes. And we don't know when that's going to happen. And so it's so, so, so important to place our hope in Jesus. Because he could literally come back right before I I finish this podcast episode. I mean, we just never know. You know, we never know. So it's so important to put our faith in him as soon as we we can and, and stay there. And continue to work diligently, whether it be 50 years, 100 years, 5 days, 5 weeks. I mean, we don't know. You know, we don't know. So no matter what, just do everything, everything to the glory of God every single day. Whether you live to see Jesus in this lifetime or you go you go to heaven before he comes back. Work every single day diligently before him and everything else will follow. Verse 8. The righteous person is rescued from trouble, and it falls on the wicked instead. With their mouths the godless destroy their neighbors, gossiping and, and judgment. But through knowledge the righteous escape. And that's, that's when we know that our identity lies in him and not in the things that people say or the things of this world. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. 
Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. They don't argue in senseless conversations. They just let God take control. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. Whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer, but whoever refuses to shake hands in their pledge is safe. We're not supposed to say anything other than yes or no because we don't know what the other person's intentions are. And we can't make promises because if we make a promise, we're going to be held to God's standards of a promise. And obviously, we're imperfect. Things can happen that are out of our control. And therefore, we would break the promise, whether we mean to or not. Now, it's better to just say yes or no than to try to hold yourself to a higher standard than we're capable of. A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain only wealth. We should strive only for God's approval. Being kind is not done for a reward. Those who, who are kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. A wicked person earns deceptive wages, but the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. Truly the righteousness attain life by earning salvation, but whoever pursues evil finds death going to hell. The Lord detests those whose hearts are perverse, but he delights in those whose ways are blameless. Be sure of this, the wicked will not go unpunished, but those who are righteous will go free. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. The desire of the righteousness ends only in good because God aligns it with the desires of his heart. But the hope of the wicked only in wrath. One person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. This is a daily reminder to give freely no matter what because we never know when it can be taken away from us. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. We need to be the cup of living water for those around us. People curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. Whoever seeks good finds favor. We choose what we want to follow intentionally, but evil comes to those who searches for it. Those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf, because we are planted in God's word. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives by sharing the word with others. If the righteous receive their due on earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner? Right before we hop into chapter 12, I want to touch on our last point. It is an upright life is blameless. That's what it's called. An upright life is blameless. An upright godly life leads a person in the right path. This keeps godly people from gaining a bad reputation, from suffering the consequences of sin, and from being taken in, their, in, in by their own greed. 
Those who reject wisdom are consumed and destroyed by their own evil. In particular, those who pursue wealth and worldliness at all costs will be left without hope. And if you want to double check, this can be found in Proverbs 11, 1 through 8. Now let's hop into chapter 12. We're wrapping it up now. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. That's what it's saying, not me, I promise. <laughs> I promise I'm not calling anyone stupid. I'm literally reading fr straight from the Bible, straight. But this is biblical stuff here. The Bible is saying it, not me. Good people obtain favor from the Lord, but he condemns those who devise wicked schemes. No one can be established through wickedness, but the righteous cannot be uprooted because our foundation is found in God. A wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. Women of God will hold their husbands accountable, and as women, we have to be noble. We have to have a higher standard for ourselves in the world because that's our that's our role in a, in, a, in a marriage. If you're called to marriage or if you're in a marriage or if you're working towards a marriage or if you're single and desire marriage, that is something that the Bible holds us to. And uh, we'll touch more on that in, in Proverbs 31. The plans of the righteous are just, but the advice of the wicked is deceitful. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the speech of the upright rescues them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous stands firm. A person is praised according to their prudence, and one with a warped mind is despised. Better to, better to be a nobody and yet have a servant than to pretend to be somebody and have no food. We shouldn't live above our means just because we want the title or because we want the recognition. It's it's so clear and and it just gets to me because we'll see this so often YouTubers influencers they'll have these crazy cars and all this nice stuff and then something happens a tragedy uh they lose their platform, they lose their job whatever and then all of a sudden they're just they can't afford anything. They can't they can't have the car anymore. They have to give it back and they have to downsize. And it's all because they were living above their means. It's so important to not worry about what we look like on the outside to other people. Sometimes, sure, you're going to have to live below your means. Maybe have a car that's not of the year. Or maybe you can't afford certain brands. But that doesn't mean that you're not just as worthy and as good to God as anybody else is. God doesn't determine your worthiness and your value based on what you can afford. Just, just saying. The righteous care for the needs of their animals, but the kindest acts of the wicked are cruel. Nothing they do can ever earn them salvation. Only faith in Jesus Christ. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. The wicked desire the stronghold of evildoers, but the root of the righteousness endures. Evildoers are trapped by their sinful talk, and so the innocent escape trouble. From the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things, and the works of their hands bring them rewards. The way of the, the fool seems right. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudence 
the prudent overlook an insult. An honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. The words of the reckless pierce like sores, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment, because they're going to perish. Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. These are fruits of the Spirit. No harm overtakes the righteous, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. And that's just going to show based, just, literally just based off who we serve. We serve God, therefore no harm can ever overtake us, can never overpower us. Anything that is meant for evil will never win in our lives because of who we serve. The wicked can't say the same. They can't. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. The prudent keep their knowledge to themselves, but a fool's heart blurts out folly. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. Anxiety weighs down the cheerful heart, but a kind word cheers it up. See how important it is to be kind. We never know what people are going through. Even just a smile can uplift them. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The lazy do not roast any game, meaning food, but the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. In the way of righteousness there is life, eternity, and heaven. Along that path is immortality, eternal salvation. And that is the end of week three of our Proverbs Bible study. I'm so, so happy that we were able to get that uh, together today, to talk today, um, and get through week three of our Bible study. We're going so, so fast. I feel like we literally just started February last week and already we're three weeks in. That's wild. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Please, please check out my regular episodes on Wednesdays. They're pretty cool. They're not a Bible study. They're just more of an open conversation to provoke thought and to just talk and share um, my thoughts and and things that are going on and whatnot but i won't babble on any longer i can't wait to see you guys next week for week four of our proverbs bible study and like i said remember we have this in two parts so if you're really enjoying our proverbs bible study bible study don't don't be sad i promise we're going to have another one Uh, part two and we're going to be covering the other half of 15 chapters of proverbs so i'll see you guys next week if not i'll see you on wednesday